Welcome to the Adventure Mechanics. I'm Chandler. And I'm Devin. And be vigilant. Be vigilant. Today we'll be talking about Beneath the Steel Sky. This was a game released in 1994 that had two different versions. If you were lucky, played it, and you were old enough to, I should give that caveat, you were able to play the one with the voiceover. If you played it on something else, you might have played this without audio. I bring that up because there is actually relevance to that in terms of my critiques of the game and maybe yours too. I don't know. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. The the voiceover makes some, well, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, it's important. Critiques. But yeah, it came out in 1994, developed by Revolution Software, which is a British video game developer. They're also known for the Broken Sword games, if any of y'all have ever played those. Yeah, that's something I am not familiar with, but we'll probably be uh, doing a dive on it at some point. At least one of the series. At least one, yeah. yeah. And the game, for all of y'all listening, went to Freeware in 2003, so you can get it on GOG. Uh, you can just get it, download it for free. And I say that because we are going to be talking about spoilers for the game. And so if you want to play this and experience it for yourself, you should go download it and play it. It's only like a couple hours long, unless you get super stuck. But there are walkthroughs that exist if you get super stuck. And some of those walkthroughs are, they'll give you exactly what you need and no more. So there's not really spoilers in them. Yeah, they don't really have spoilers. But yeah, so if you don't want spoilers for story or anything about game experience that we're going to be talking about, pause here, go play the game and then come back. We'll be here for you. Okay. I think they're gone. Um, okay. All right. All right. Okay. Here's your, here's your last warning. You got, okay. They're gone. Okay. Yeah. So beneath the steel skies, a dystopian future where like the world has gone to hell and your character basically lived out in the waste that they call the gap out in the gap. Your character basically became like a tinker, became really good with robotics and messing around with everything out there. Sort of like Anakin Skywalker, but... Yeah, if Anakin Skywalker survived a helicopter crash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... It has an father living somewhere in the... Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, probably around your early 20s, your character gets abducted by the city again, which is literally just the city, right? Yeah, it does not... It's not given a name that I could, I could discern. Editing Chandler here. The name of the city is actually Union City. We did not find a reference in the game itself, but it is in the manual, just for clarification. Uh, there are rival city cities. It's, it's sort of important to know, too. The city is a corporation. Like, corporation, the corporation and the city are not, like, they're interchangeable. They are not separate entities. And that there are other cities around that are also corporations. And so rivalries between cities. Exactly. When you hit your 20s, you get abducted by the corporate goons of the city. And as you're led away, they blow up your village that you were living in. And they pull you back into the city. I guess we should go over the character's name, which is Foster. Yep, Robert <laughs> Foster is his yeah. name. He didn't have a last name. The Aborigines, you know, the Aborigines of the Gap. It is set in Australia. They gave him the last name Foster. Uh, yeah. When they t because of Foster's beer. Yeah, they even show it in the little uh, intro cinematic where it just shows an Aboriginal man holding up a Foster's beer can label. Just the label, but not the not the bottle or anything. 
with a huge toothless grin, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Okay, the art. We did <laughs> not mention the art. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't mention that. Yes. <laughs> the opening artwork in that opening cin- it's cinematic, it's all... It's comic book style. It's just still frames from a comic book that are played out on screen. And and the art the artist is uh Dave Gibbons, I believe. Yep. Let me let me double check that. Yeah, Dave Gibbons, who uh is known might know him being the artist for Watchmen. Yeah. And So I the th- art is is quite good in the in that open. Yeah, it's definitely uh a cut above like most stuff from 94 honestly yeah it's really good and it's also the voice acting Mm -hmm. at the beginning if you have it is actually pretty decent um the person that voice acts robert foster's actually played as a straight man i'm using that vocabulary very carefully because he does have his sarcastic robot sidekick which is what is it joey joey yeah yeah. Like like a baby kangaroo. Yeah. Lameo. <laughs> yeah, just a really weak reference, but yeah. And Joey initially gets blown up trying to protect Foster, but he and grabs the... bad guys the, arrive. Yeah, and Foster just grabs the CPU card out of, out of the wreckage that is uh, Joey. So he becomes like your sarcastic sidekick that you plug him in different uh, robotic shells effectively throughout the game. Mm-hmm. So he's an additional character. Yeah. But anyway, um, after the crash in the, into the city, because Foster has horrible, horrible luck with helicopters. Um, yeah. As the bad guys are flying away after they blow up his village that he grew up in. Yeah. The helicopter just loses control and crashes in the city yeah. <laughs> to, to facilitate him getting away. Yep. Daddies. Yeah. He uh, has some of the worst uh, luck with helicopters. I'm pretty thoroughly convinced and people just don't like him flying. So when you finally get away from the security group that was trying to bring you in to the city, you end up on the top floor of this factory, which is interestingly enough at the top of this city. So it's for a little background that like the city has three tiers, like the factories up on the top of the city and then like, Mid-level is like middle-class living plus boutique stores. And then the bottom is where all the super rich people live. Um, Which is fascinating for this sort of genre, sort of cyberpunky, sci-fi type dystopia, is usually it's the other way around, where rich live at the very top. So it's, it's quite an interesting arrangement with the industry and industrial at the top. Yeah, yeah, and as soon as you're given control, you do actually encounter your first death like almost immediately if you aren't careful. Um, Mm -hmm. If you just go down the stairs, the guard that's standing at the bottom of the flight of stairs will just straight up shoot you. So you basically find your way out of this factory and do a few things in a different factory in your attempts to try and go down to the next level and get out of the city. So that's like the main drive you have as a character. And like Foster has a really interesting behavior throughout all of this where he's just playing everything super straight. Like he knew exactly why he was here. He does this act where he's like, I'm doing routine inspections. And he says that (laughs) all the time. They work every time. 
Except the one time you're supposed to say that here with security, you don't get kicked out. Not that there's any punishment for that, but yeah. it's just more convenient. <laughs> yeah, routine inspections are apparently like super common in this and nobody gives a crap, uh, which yep. is kind of a running theme throughout. But yeah, it has some interesting connotations if you once you see later in the game where clones come up eh, like cybernetic clones because you're not really sure whether everybody that you were previously encountering was a clone except for one lady that you found in the factory because you find her corpse i'm sure she was stinky by the time you found her yeah yeah i mean she was like burned up by radiation so yeah there was there was no survival melty and not doing good yeah Yeah. So like when you go to the other factory up at the top level, you run into that lady um, and she helps you basically forge documentation so you can get around the city and hack a few machines or hack into the security system effectively, which is like this interesting take on the virtual world where like you're sitting in a chair and they have this giant screen come in front of you (laughs) and there's like way too much to this. But yeah, it you end up being like an avatar in a virtual world. It's kind of an interesting take on it, but let's be perfectly honest. If you've ever done anything with computers, you know that that's like not real in the slightest. (laughs) Yeah, That's not how it works. You're going to be seeing wish that it worked that right. Yeah. You're going to be seeing a command line and you're going to like it, (laughs) (laughs) but not in beneath a steel sky. You're going to see that beautiful area. Like I was surprised at how, well they did vr imitations on that yeah pretty interesting it was pretty interesting it was visually interesting and you you have your little um like silver surfer type you know dude walking around and uh doing the things to be able to hack the system yeah and surprisingly enough you do end up in that system multiple times throughout the story yeah and you pick up different things but it's all like pretty intuitive like what the objects are supposed to be they pick up like they you know you pick up you see you pick up like the magnifying glass and it's like oh that's a decrypt like in your little inventory in cyberspace uh, or in the link system it's called in the game when you pick up the magnifying glass it's like that's what you can use to decrypt information so things will show up later that you need to read to get some information yeah and i think that was one of the better done puzzles but i'll go into that a little bit later simply because we should probably finish telling the story and i'll I put know. that in loose quotes because oof the third act. yeah um, yeah 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 so once you get down to the second floor you have to basically trick people into getting your hacking equipment so you can break into security on the top floor so you can figure Go out to what the bottom to, floor. yeah yeah <laughs> ultimately yeah, and once you're on the bottom floor, you yeah, you basically run across a bunch of stupid rich people and the worst gardener in the world. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> like, I was a terrible you gardener. Don't, you don't like Crocodile Dundee the gardener? Crocodile Dundee the gardener was painting everything with urethane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, it's also like fake plants. True, yeah. But, you know, that's not entirely his fault, but yeah, he doesn't know what a dandelion but if the gap is the outback, I mean, there wouldn't be many dandelions around the city. Yeah. In his defense. True. And but, and for y'all wondering, like, Crocodile Dundee, the, the gardener, it, he looks like Crocodile Dundee. Sprite in the game, and the way that he's voiced, it's just like he's 
supposed to be. It looks like he's supposed to be crocodile. Yeah. In my opinion. I could be wrong, but that's no, like he, the difference he, they were going for. <laughs> he totally read his crocodile Dundee. And yeah, he like stands up and turns around to talk to you and it's like, oh my god. They even try that's to That's not a knife. Yeah, they even tried a really bad accent with him. Like, everybody's British oh, yeah. as hell in this game, except mm-hmm. Crocodile Dundee and Foster. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's like, I think that the the factory guy at the very beginning is supposed to be Australian as well, but he could have just a different British dialect accent, slash accent. Yeah, um, he definitely came across I, as I, British. Both of them are so similar to me, but this guy, yeah, Gardner Man, he was definitely supposed to be Australian. Yeah. And his accent is is interesting. Oof. It's, I'm not sure if it's as bad as mine or if it's worse. I would say worse, but that's just me. Oh, thanks. That's so kind. Because <laughs> my Australian accent's really bad. We've already heard it like three times. And yeah. I apologize to any Australians. Oh, yeah. I, I love your accent. I really do. And I practice because I want to be able to do it, but I just can't. Oh, yeah. It's, it's an interesting one. But yeah, so once you're on the bottom floor, um, you find a church filled with what robotic cybernetic clones and yeah, uh, the lady stuffed in a locker. Yeah, the lady that helped you, she's she's stuffed in a locker and she's dead by radiation heavily. Yes, and so you have to pick something off her body and then go back up to all the way up to security, I think. Mm-hmm and faff about in vr again only to go back down and go to the most random of random like court things yeah oh yeah there's the oh god the thing that yeah yeah. seems to come out of fucking nowhere and so that happens and then you go into a random cd bar and steal somebody's thing so you can get into the uh their fingerprints you have to steal their fingerprints basically to be able to get into things oh and also gardener man crocodile dundee is a spy from a rival city yeah like the accent wouldn't give that away (laughs) he's the only australian in in basically (laughs) it's like he's the only australian in australia yeah exactly (laughs) well i mean except for the aborigines were just like you know wiped out by an act of genocide by the you know gestapo which come to think of it is kind of a very british thing to do (laughs) i'm gonna make that joke i'm gonna make that joke yeah so once you have that dude's uh fingerprint you actually go into the storage room and then into the sewers to try and get the third act and oh boy try and get to the third act yeah Oh, that's the best description of, like, at that point in the game, you're attempting to get to Act 3. And when you arrive... Yeah. Oof. Yeah. The subways, or what I call the sewers, because the third act is that bad. Yeah. Basically, after you go through there and get eaten by the monster because you forgot that the light bulb was supposed to go in a stupid socket. Or you were just trying to look at the hole and see what the dialogue said about the whole wall, and then a monster just comes out and eats yep because that makes sense yeah like deaths in this game are fairly forgiving except for like two deaths like the very first one which is like oh yeah you can die in this game and then that monster that monster which is like so dumb it's like you could look at everything else before it could possibly kill you except the freaking hole yeah like you can use a like one of the dead guards 
ID cards up to three times before the scanning machine will just straight up kill you. And it's yeah. like, oh no, it doesn't work. And like, n it gives you all that warning and all that lead up. But then you look at this hole in the wall and you just get grabbed by a monster and you're dead. That's, yep. that's it. That's it. That's it. At the end, hope you saved. Reload. Right? Yeah. So after going through this subways, you end up in a, like secret facility labs sort of thing. And you go faffing about, find where they're making the cybernetic clones. Oh my, so scary. Gasp. And then you have the one of the worst puzzles in the game to open up the climax oh, of the oh, story yeah. where you find yeah. that Link was uh, wanted you because your dad was hooked up to it and it needs a human brain. Ooh. No, human brain. Also, it's worth saying that as like, you know, your main goal city, uh, Robert Foster's main goal city, he has found some clues that he's looking into along the way. One of those is why did Link want to bring because the computer system, it is, it's said that the computer system t t told the bad guys to go get him. And then he has to find out who Overman is, this character named Overman. Well, it turns out that his actual last name is because his father is Overman. And Chandler said, Overman is plugged into Link, and Overman is old and dying, and Link needs a new interface. And it can only be a genetic match to Overman. It can't just be anyone. It has to be him. And that was the whole reason that he was brought over. Yeah. And Sorry, why he's I'm... sort of like this ambivalent, like, you know, helping you, but also not what's going on kind of thing. Yeah. I kind of gla glossed over that because yes, that is a central part of it, but oh my goodness, that bullshit puzzle before you hit that. Oof. That sounded yeah, that so hard. The reveal wasn't worth it after that bullshit puzzle. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, well, we'll get there in the critique anyway. We'll finish this. It's almost done. Yeah, it's almost done. Um, <laughs> so you're almost at the end of the game. Like, this is like you have five minutes, not even yeah, the end. Yeah, you have like two minutes of dialogue. So you take your uh, Link, who at this point in the game, you finally transferred him into a Joey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joey, not Link. Sorry. Um, you finally transfer Joey into uh, one of those cybernetic bodies and comically he gets stuck in a hand trap, I guess, for robots. Well, his android skin melts to the haptic reader, uh, the uh, like palm, like it reads your palm print. Yeah. The palm reader button thing. Like he, his, his, he, you stick him in an android and then it's helping skin melts to the thing so he can't follow you in to get the initial part of the dialogue. Yeah, uh, but then he shows up again, and he's like basically cut off his own arm. Show up, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it, it's, he has no reaction to it because he's a robot. But um, yeah, so at the reveal, uh, your dad's like, "Oh, run away, get out of here!" And then Joey shows up. He's like, "What's up, sir?" And he always calls you sir. So that's kind of how he addresses. Well, he only Foster. calls you sir once you've put him into the into the android body because any time before Foster. Oh. Give it a rest, Foster. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, you put him in the android body, and somehow there's some, I guess, something in the in the in the uplink or something that changes his protocol. He has to call Foster. Yeah, I forgot about that. I actually didn't notice that detail, to be honest. No, oh. but yeah. So basically, Joey shows up, who has a funny, di uh, different name at this point. He's like Ken. Oh you're yeah, like Ken. Because he looks like a Ken doll, effectively. No dangly bits or anything. It's nope, actually nope. kind of humorous. But you just basically shove Joey, now Ken, into the 
Link machine, and then your father dies in front of you, and then basically the game wraps itself up. <laughs> yep. It's okay, because now Joey slash Ken is running the uh, city through Link, and Robert Foster is free to leave, because he doesn't belong here, and he doesn't want to be in the city. He wants to go back to the Gap, and so off he goes. And Joey's happy as a clam to be hooked up to the city, because he's not getting dust in his circuits as he yep, complains about... he hated about, the Gap. Yeah. He hated the Gap and didn't want to go back. He complains about it the entire game, so... Until he's in the android body. And then it's fine because yeah. then he stands. Yeah. Indefinitely. Yeah. It's um. so that's kind of like a quick recap of the plot simply to kind of give context for, Ooh, the, Ooh, the, the thoughts I have. <laughs> oh man. I am so excited. I'm so excited to hear these thoughts. Yeah. So first and for foremost, the artwork in this is amazing. Like it's very good. All of it for 94 is top notch and even today it holds up as a pretty impressive game the -hmm. entire game is done with the mouse you don't need any keys except for like f5 to get to the menu and then the rest is just mouse controlled which i thought was a nice touch yeah but yeah the artwork is very good very painterly everything felt really lived in there wasn't anything that was sterile and kind of bland like even the secret secret lab felt like it was lived in and the evil plot was actually using that space instead of Mm. you know like a deus ex lab where everything looks too far too clinical yeah yeah and i i like i especially enjoy it like as people have heard us allude to the fact that act three was by the time you get to the link hub like you get to that room and like you've heard about the council and everything but when you get there like the way that they drew that scene was like really evocative like even though you're like what is happening to this game what am i doing and you go into this room and you're like oh okay so there's the computer uplink thing that old man must be overman my dad and then there are all these dead bodies in the front like on top like in chairs and like on top of this table sort of desk thing and it's like oh well there's the council like no wonder the council's sort of erratic it's because there is no council Link killed them and it's like they're just dead there and it's like wow this is really interesting like they made a lot of like super interesting scenery different you know the screens that you're on at least are interesting especially the ones like when you have to walk into them all the time that's fortunate when they look interesting then you're like oh god it's this gray screen again yeah you you might still be thinking oh my god it's the in fact again i can't believe i have to walk in here but at least it looks interesting and there's a lot of detail you can find in the background as you're yeah, and it is actually very, very good in terms of the artwork basically making the world feel alive. Because it does feel alive. Like that skeezy bar that doesn't give you anything to drink. Well, that's definitely feeling alive because they just have <laughs> one bar fly that's just walking around awkwardly in her tiny black dress, which is kind of funny, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they did a lot of world building, like kind of jumping off of that is that with the world building and like the details of the world that are like communicated to you through dialogue and such, like it, they really put a lot of thought into the world that this game is set in. And what what are all these things? Why are things weird? Like even 
like that court scene even though it's like why is this here this is bizarre and it feels like it's a send-up of some sort of like um current event at the time that it was made but it's like also that's also illustrating the fact that like you know yeah in this city that's a computer like there's really no justice like justice doesn't matter it's a game everything yeah there's really no consequence for doing anything yeah like that in that court scene you're defending a guy that basically took the fall for everything that you've done up until that point and the judge is like and you get a life sentence but in light of what you've done for the city I'll take two the uh, community service. Yeah, he t- he takes the sentence down to two months of community service, or no, two hours of community service. Oh, two hours. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're right. Two yeah, hours. there's like I... that's like nothing. Yeah, it's like and 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 this is like the factory guy that that you meet at the very beginning of the game, and so you're like, and he's just taken, like you said, taking the fall for everything you've done, and it's like, yeah, okay, he, just because he's running that factory up there, we'll just make you go to a class. Yeah, literally, <laughs> like, that's well, it. <laughs> okay, and the and the judge doesn't even really care. Like the judge is just there for the, th- you know, everyone's just nominally there. Yeah, like everybody is quite literally just phoning it in at that point. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny too because like it's true, even you know the the uh, like the shops and stuff on the second level. A lot of those people just are phoning it in too. Like they. Well, you know, why are they here? Like, you know, the insurance guy, his business has been going terrible, but his business is still open. Yeah. You know, he's, you know, it's like everything's crashing. Like the travel guy, nobody has the money to travel except the rich and they don't want to go anywhere. They can afford to go there in VR. Yeah. And that's huh? kind of like the running The doctor joke. is just yeah. like getting high while doing whatever. And just it looks like keeps mostly re- machines do his work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like he just keeps walking over to this random patient and sticking his hands into it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Like that that patient was alive. I think it was like a. Oh, cyber... you could talk to him. Yeah, you could talk to him. He's alive and he's awake. Oh, I didn't successfully talk to him when my playthrough. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, you can talk to him. I was startled. I thought like a cadaver or something, and I went over and clicked and to look, and he was like, "Hey, how's it going?" And I was like, "Oh my no." No. Why does the doctor keep jamming his hands into you and then Why walking is he away? Doing his practice, you know. Oh my it's god. It's fine. And like zero fucks were given about him doing that. Like even the patient was cool with it, which you yeah. know made no sense. But that's what it was. Yeah. So like, yeah. the world building in the first two acts is really impressive. Like it's really good. You really want to explore in it. Yeah. And by the time you hit that subway, oh. That is a hard change. Yeah, it... Things just start coming out of nowhere. Like, the android thing isn't adequately foreshadowed or explained, like, at all. Like, even at the end. Like, it's not... You're not even like, why is this thing that's happening? (laughs) Like, what is the motive? Why is... Because you're you're like, okay, Link is obviously doing this, but why? Why is Link doing this? Is everybody I've met a clone? Like, is that why everyone is so weird? Is because links replacing people yeah but it's never said like nothing ever comes about no it's all just implied and it's just a sloppily implied 
yeah, it's just a thing we had to stick in there. And it's entirely possible that the developers like had a full idea about, oh yeah, there's this whole other plot line with Link, and like here's the reason why this stuff is the way that it is. But they, you know, ran out of time, ran out of money, and they just had to throw it in there. And it's entirely possible too, it was just something they threw in there just to get like another area in Act Three after the subway. Like, oh, well, we can't just walk him right up to Link. We need to do something. I, I know. Well, let's just do an a cloning android facility. That's what we'll do. Yeah, like all the they androids in the church. Why were they yeah. there? Why does Foster not care? Yeah, why is this a thing? And there are moments in the, pl- the, in the place that makes me think that this was part of an idea that they had originally. They just couldn't implement it well. But, I mean, still, it's just not... It, it's like, why is this here? And then you get past it, and you get to... And it's like... And then the game, the game's done. Yeah. It's, you, know, uh... you get some dialogue, and you, like, click once, and then the game's over. Yeah, it uh, suffers from... What I like to call, oh god, oh god, we ran out of money. How do we end this game now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely got. And like in my experience with not only point and click adventure games, but I do see, it, I have seen it a lot. Point and click adventure games is the sort of Act Three syndrome, where it's like you've got pretty decent up until like the end of the game, and then it's just a bunch of nonsense. Things don't make sense. The story is like what. you know it's just bad and then it just collapses yeah and you're just like okay thank god that's over because it was fine up until act three yeah other games than than point and clicks do this but i i don't know it's really easy to tell in a because it's so story heavy oh absolutely absolutely like my initial reaction to the end of the game was and i'm quoting here what the fuck was that (laughs) like (laughs) i think oh that's it yeah, yeah, it like leaves you with such a bad taste in your mouth at the end, despite it having some hilarious moments, and it suffers so poorly from like it's a serious game about Cockney people that have no care of what they're doing. They're basically the Muppets that are um, in the theater just ripping on everybody. And then Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, Statler and Waldorf. And then, like, here's your Blade Runner plot. What? <laughs> Where did this come from? I was having fun with Statler and Waldorf and then Benny Hill in a raccoon <laughs> fur coat or whatever it was. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, the f- beavers. Oh, beaver. Yeah, beaver fur yeah, Beavers! Coat. Beavers! Yeah. The last ten beavers in the world! Yeah. Yeah, so... That's uh, kind of basically his voice, but... Yeah, like <laughs> almost to a T. It's really bad. Let's uh, let's let's talk about voice acting versus non-voice oh, yeah. acting because I feel yeah, like that's that. also con- contributing to the schizophrenic plot of yeah. oh, it's not a serious game. Oh wait, it is here in the third act. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> where did this come from? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's two people that have non-jokey moments. I feel like. And that's Foster and the um, lady that helps you in the factory, Anita. Yeah, Anita, yeah. They're both played straight. Yeah. Ev- Anita is very serious. Like, yeah, like she's her, deadly anything serious. Anything to do with her. Like, she makes a couple sarcastic comments, but they're not jokey. They're more like, 
yeah yeah whatever kind of sarcastic comments like she's and, and that's because of the situation she's in where she's basically persona non grata in the city like she has no privileges and because she has no privileges she's forced to work in really unsafe circumstances yeah and then you find out that she's also been speaking by her cities she's like worried about her cover being yeah and she's played straight and foster's played straight but they're the only two people in the entire game played straight maybe you're maybe overman well maybe overman and maybe also reich the uh the first dude who dies within like the first 10 minutes of the game the uh, bad guy i don't even think he was given enough time to determine whether he's played straight or not yeah well i mean he's just sort of like i'm the bad guy link we have to destroy him then he gets dead so he gets cut in half by a laser eye which is kind of funny whereas even like other minor characters you speak to like maybe like once like they're either a caricature or some kind of joke jokey type character or a reference to something you don't get yeah, or reference to something you're like, what, 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 why is this a thing? Yeah, like the two desk clerks in the security office are definitely references to Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, and I also feel like they're they're references to another like that are in that same sort of Statler and Waldorf sort of vein. But I couldn't I couldn't remember what it was um, to save my life. But I feel like there's another like show or something that has characters like that. But absolutely, I thought of Statler and Waldorf as well. Yeah, and they have the most what Cockney accent or? Uh, I don't recall them being Cockney, but they may have been. Uh, they they're like they were definitely British. Like, yeah, this is definitely like a British working class type. Yeah, uh, type voice. Yeah, and that's kind of jarring because this is all nominally supposed to happen in Australia, and you just walk <laughs> up to everybody and they're like, "You what?" What? You what? I, you what? Yeah. <laughs> That's the part that stuck with me. I was like, oh, this is going to be Escape to Monkey Island or something like that, where you, it's kind of yeah. jokey and we play it through the entire time. Yeah, like uh, Joey has all of these jokes. He's constantly cracking wise. Uh, he makes a lot of pop culture references. You know, he does the obligatory Dalek, you know, exterminate, exterminate when you give him the welding. Yeah, that was actually kind of funny. I kind of loved that, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. And, like, this is kind of why it's so jarring by the third act when everything is, everything humorous is just thrown out the window and then it's like, yep. here we are, deadly serious. Oh, that android you wanted to talk to, it just cut you in half. It's like, yep. where did this come from? I hope you there saved you. after the stupid monster hole. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. The monster hole. I hated that. I just wanted to look at it. I could look at literally everything not that whole cheese yeah i i was curious <gasps> what foster would say in that situation yeah. but yeah no like if he'd say something like oh i you know i don't want to walk in front of that yeah just some signposting sure is dark in there <laughs> yeah like just one thing that's all it needed one oh thing it's also it worth decent. seeing Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, it's also worth saying with voice acting is that Foster's uh, Foster's voice voice actor is American. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's. It's like so. There's one American, a bunch of Brits, and I guess Joey also has an American accent. But yeah, a bunch of Brits, and then like a couple question mark Australian stereotypes. Yeah. <laughs> and 
not even <laughs> like notable ones except for crocodile yeah. dundee dude yeah yeah like that's the only one mm-hmm. that was kind of amusing i was like oh that's crocodile dundee yeah <laughs> there's a reference right there and he's just out here so i gotta i gotta talk about the puzzles because throughout most of the game like the first two acts the puzzles are fine well before we get to puddles one thing that you referenced earlier that i don't think we actually on was the different versions if you played it voiced or unvoiced oh right 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 we just talked about the voice version sorry yeah uh so and and kind of like why this is important i obviously voice version but when you just read the text on the screen like when you're reading like the words come up uh, for the subtitles, like um, when you're looking at that dialogue and then hearing how it's delivered, if you were just reading that and didn't have the voice actor, you're going to have a completely different experience. Yeah, it would probably fit more in line with a dark game with like some dark humor in it. Yeah. But yeah, you're going to have jokes, but they're not going to fly like, you know, quirky, you know, haha we're we're so weird sci-fi like it's gonna be you know darker a bit weirder it's gonna possibly in some sections feel more unsettling yeah yeah absolutely like when you're talking to uh statler and waldorf the only Mm -hmm. reason they feel like statler and waldorf is because of the accents they give them yeah 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 and the delivery that they have is they're just sort of do you remember that thing, Sam, that we talked about the other day? Oh, no, I don't. I do remember, you know. Why'd you get so much chili on your ID card? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The deliveries like that make it feel very uneven. And if you yeah. were, if you did it without any voice acting, I think it would be a very different experience. Like, yeah, you could imagine that character playing it straight. Like, why did you get chili on your ID card? That's just preposterous or whatever. Like yeah. you could see that played straight, but they, they let the voice actors do their own direction maybe, or maybe, maybe they directed yeah. them poorly. Cause or, there's yeah. just, it just makes that third act transition so bad. Yeah. And if yeah, you did it, if with, you didn't go ahead. Yeah. If you, oh, sorry. I, I keep, I'm just so excited. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I was going to say, cause if, you know, if you didn't have that voice acting and you were just reading it like that, that transition to act three isn't going, you're still going to be like, where did all this stuff come from? Why is this happening? But you're not going to feel like what happened to the game? Like it's suddenly so serious. Yeah. Like where did the jokes go? Like, yeah. you're not going to be thinking that at least as much because it's going to have been pretty serious and dour yeah, for the like, most part the you will end up as the joker and be like why so serious game Um, but yeah it's like at at the end of the day yeah there are humorous moments but without that audio cue from the voice actor yeah you could easily take it as oh things are just fucked up here that isn't quite funny yeah but the delivery of a joke as a joke makes it so it's jarring at that third act line and it is a yeah. line, let's be perfectly honest. Yeah, it's it's a really, like, once you hit that transition, you know. It, like, like wait, I, did I miss, like, what's happening? Did I miss something? Yeah, and honestly... And the puzzles feel that way, too. Yeah. Going there, which is a good segue back to what you were going to say, because I want to hear what you have to say. 
yeah um anyway oh, back boy. back to the puzzles but yeah the the puzzles in the first two acts are fine like they have some mild sierra logic but most of it's pretty reasonable and you can kind of muddle your way there like my first time trying to play through i got all the way down to the ground floor which is the middle of act two really if this is a three-act play um but once you hit the church once you go into the cathedral um and see the clones and see anita's body stuffed into a locker that's kind of where the puzzles start going sideways i would argue yeah like I think I would agree with that. You you still see like the VR puzzle where you have to get rid of the Centurion by doing something. Oh, you have to log in using uh, Anita's login oh, yeah. after mm-hmm. doing something else with your mm-hmm. catch-all login. That has to happen. And that's fine. Like that's good. But once you go into the subway, you the game basically says, uh-uh-uh, you can't go back now. With the lamest Indiana Jones reference where just shit's falling behind you and you get stuck in the subway state or in the subway tunnels. Yep. And then you have that bullshit hole where the the, the monster's just like gonna grab you if you walk yep. by without putting a light in light bulb in. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. I carried that light bulb forever and didn't know I what know. to do with it. I know. It was like, what? I'm sure I'm going to time. Yeah, yeah like, I, they wouldn't make me grab this for no reason, right? Surely not. Surely they wouldn't do that to me. Yeah. Like, they even kind of referenced that earlier, like in the first act when you go into the other factory and into their storage room that only robots are supposed to go into. If you grab other things while in there, one of the people working in the factory will actually frisk you and be like, hey, you stole this. You can't have this. And basically take it out of your inventory. And yep. it's like cool stuff, like an extra key and some yeah. like... WD-40 or something. Yeah, it's like, like oh, this is going to be really useful. And the game's like, no, no, you aren't going to use this trust us also in that moment it's cool that the guy as he's searching you will comment on the other weird crap you're carrying around like a crowbar (laughs) and a wrench and you're supposed to be an inspector of facility right yeah and foster's (laughs) response to it is actually really funny it's like i got this from my mother it is a keepsake (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) to a crowbar like that that played straight is hilarious and that's actually how they voice acted it yeah which made it even funnier because he's like bluffing his way but like was that sarcasm yep yeah like you don't know yeah but like yeah yeah that that that's a puzzle that they kind of just railroad you for lack of a better phrase but yeah you get railroaded there but you don't need those things so there's no consequence to losing it yep but he does actually steal your uh, sunglasses, too. Well, he says they're cool, and Foster's like, oh, would you like to have them? And he's like, sure, I can... Yeah, Yeah, like, that was kind of funny. But by the time you hit the third act puzzles, all the humor's basically gone. Yeah. Like, there's a puzzle where you basically have to trick a uh, android it to fall into a hole to burn up in the God, in the area below him and that was just straight up bullshit um, and how are you supposed to know that that's what you're supposed to do like yeah there's no rationale there's like no like a lot of other puzzles like they try to give you hints as you're supposed to do or you walk into the situation and you can kind of logic your way into what you're supposed to do but in that one it's like what like everything in that in that whole section including the one that i know you really want to talk about oh yes 
that last puzzle bit. Oh, I got words for it. Yeah, continue on. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah, like that puzzle's okay. That gets kind of Sierra. Like you have to go underneath the room that the android's in, close the vent so you can loosen the grating so you can then get Joey to um, cause a leak so the android walks around it onto the grating and falls through. I mean, that's you can kind of logic that one. Like, I faffed about a bit, but I was still able to figure it out. So that yeah. one was like, eh. Yeah. Er, like, really on the edge of Sierra logic. Yeah. But then that next fucking puzzle. That next <laughs> fucking puzzle. So... You come across another android who's like, I'm big bad, I'm going to kill you. And then Joey basically sacrifices a med bot body to save you and kill the android that was threatening you. And then you have to go into the link system one more time through the VR set and log in as the android, do something so you can open up the space to have Anita's login to get a virus effectively. And then... The next logical step is, oh, we have to put this virus on something. You're in this VR system. You do not use the virus in the VR system. No, do you want to know where you use that VR system or that virus that you got from that system? <laughs> you use it on a fucking boiling, uh, a machine that boils meat chunks. Like, what? Why? <laughs> Who the fuck thought that was a good idea? I have this virus. I was going to save it for Link because I knew I was going to come up and find Link. I was like, oh, I'm just going to use this virus. I'm going to yeah. put it into Joey or one of those Ken dolls and just jam it in and blow the city up. That's what my plan was. No, yeah. you, you have to go to this one console, one console that you actually in interact with. The rest of the consoles you interact with this game that aren't called Terminal are for nothing. They, they're just mm -hmm. decoration. This is the one console that you have to go in and put your virus on. It looks like a fucking floppy and you just jam the virus like onto the console, just like jamming the floppy onto the screen. And that's how you get it to be virused. It's such yeah. bullshit. And it's, and I, I had like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I was just making this up, but I thought it was like, oh, the virus is supposed to stop the Android facility. But I mean, I'm with you. Like, I thought that it was going to be, this is what we're going to put into Link and shut yeah. Link down and then it's fine. But it's like, no, no, this is to shut down the Android operation that we just found out about. Yeah. And care about for some reason and know what we need to do. Because I don't recall that that was like something even the corporate spies knew about that had the thing because Anita had it to begin with. Yeah. And then Eduardo was supposed to get it or something. And I, I don't know. Like, they, I don't think they knew about the Android. Yeah. <laughs> And nobody cared. Like, the people that knew about it, they didn't care. Yeah. Like, nobody cared about the androids. And the, the, we're supposed to know that jamming this floppy disk onto that CRT is supposed to stop that? Yeah. All it does in game terms is poison the meat chunks that are boiling in a vat right next to it so you can yep. drop it into an Oculus. That's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, we need that frozen meat chunk that we can... I, I, uh... And why do you have to fucking freeze it? Well, because it's like, you know, it's too cold. The thing doesn't like it. Yeah, but that could have been the puzzle itself. That would have made more sense. Oh, I yeah, have this like, meat I don't trunk. know how I'm supposed to know why I need this to begin with, though. Like, I'm still with you. 
Yeah, like this, a f- like I can get there, but there's like there's a better way to tell this story. Yeah, like why Frozen? Okay, if you pull fr- uh, Frozen Android meat chunk into the Oculus, then be like, oh, okay, this I think this will sour it, or just some fucking signposting. The rest of the game yeah. was fine about it up until this last damn puzzle. <laughs> and then it just goes straight into what was it Roberta Williams Sierra logic yeah <sighs> yeah it yeah and like you're you're supposed to be doing things to set up for later but you don't even know what you're going to do so why do you need to freeze the meat chunk yeah the, there's and, no and reason like if you f- don't have the tongs you can't pick up the meat chunk like yeah yeah it's just like and when you if you even if you have the how do you know you're supposed to use it on meat chunks it's like designed to be like i'm stuck so i'm just going to start using my inventory on every screen like and then you find it like oh yeah it goes straight king's quest on it it just roberta williams logic just straight king's quest and you're like where did this come from the rest of the puzzles in this game were not great but decent they made sense. They were signposted. Like, oh, you you need a special eye. Well, maybe I'll go to the doctor. That makes sense. Why do I need a an infected meat chunk that's frozen to my tongs to drop into this Oculus? That was a bad puzzle, followed by a terrible ending. Well, let me tell you, that is not how you want to end a game. With yeah. a frozen meat chunk dropped into an Oculus. You, you sit through like an hour and a half of the Matrix and then it fucking pulls a dark city on you and you're just like, what what the fuck was that reveal? What the <laughs> fuck was that? Like That reference, though. Oh, yeah, it is like that. Like the first half of this or the first two thirds of this game is the equivalent of the Matrix in adventure games at this time. It was a great game for the first two thirds. And then Dark City just comes rolling right in and you're just like, what? Where did you come from? This isn't the same game. It's not even the same movie. I mean, vaguely has the same idea, but one of these was implemented far better than the other. Yeah, one was way better than the other one. Yeah. Like, if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say Dark City, that's for a reason. Like, Dark City (laughs) was not great. You know what The Matrix is. I I'm pretty confident that most people know what the matrix is at this point. It had 20 year anniversary. Yeah. I hope even, you know, people who might not have been familiar or at least moderately familiar now. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the matrix you've heard it in passing, but you have never heard the dark city unless you're into really sci-fi takes on Plato's cave. <laughs> Like, really? Like, <laughs> That's an oddly specific thing for someone to be interested in. <laughs> right? Like, th- that was a thing in the 90s. And to be fair, Dark City came out before The Matrix. But still, like, this isn't about that. This is about how a game decided, oh, wait, I'm going to make The Matrix for two-thirds of it and then just phone it in with Dark City to finish it. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, so... they're still nominally the same thing, but one of these is not as good as the other. Yeah. And so you started we're... with the other. Yeah. Since we're sort of on the assumption that they ran out of money and just had to finish the game, like, do you think there was a way that they could have finished the game that was not Dark City? 
that continued to be the Matrix, even though it might not have been as good as the first part? Um, so if I was directing this and I had three months left before a drop dead, I would say, okay, we don't have time to bring in the Android thing. Mm -hmm. We need to rework this last puzzle. So let's cut the Android sections and just focus in on Link controlling the city. Mm -hmm. Let's rework it so we can have Joey come in as something else. Maybe the med bot. Mm -hmm. Just put like a brain or something on top of it instead of whatever they had on top. And just mm -hmm. be like, okay, we got to cut this tunnel thing. We'll... Well, we'll rework it so that you don't go through this puzzle that isn't really a puzzle anyway, and just go into the into the third act. Just drop the Oculus puzzle entirely. Make the last yeah. puzzle about trying to get your dad out of the Link system and putting Joey into it. Make that the last yeah. puzzle. Yeah. You get rid of the, the bullshit android meat chunk frozen virus bullshit you end up with something far more coherent and you can still put humor into it mm -hmm. you can tone down the humor but don't just drop it like oh yeah we don't have time anymore we're just gonna do it this way <laughs> we don't have time to be funny no more yeah. jokes yeah. only seriousness like i I get deadlines and things are going to get dropped. I understand that, but yeah. there's such an idea of minimum viable product that this game technically completed, but it really <laughs> needed more time to bake before it, it became was interesting. Finished. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, like most games around today. Yeah. It didn't come out in pre alpha state. So you have to wait another four years to actually see the finished product. Yep. There's a lot to be said about that, but that's a rant for a different time. This mm -hmm. game could have been helped immensely with just a little bit of forethought put into the third act. Like, if yeah. you have these wacky, off-the-wall voice actors playing it super British, like super, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Monty Python. Yeah. Like, that's, mm -hmm. that's how the voice acting came across. It was Monty Python with different voice actors. And that's like two-thirds of your game you can't exactly drop that for the third act <laughs> i'm sorry that's you're gonna get tonal whiplash and that's exactly what i came away with this game like mm -hmm. i enjoyed it up until the third act it's like watching one of your favorite movies like i don't know fear and loathing in las vegas Th that <laughs> that movie has this same issue like mm -hmm. I, i'm sorry i'm bringing up movies to as reference points but it's valid in this case. Like everybody loves fear and loathing in Las Vegas up until the third act. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to finish that movie to its conclusion because yeah, he did some crazy shit and now he's got to pay for it. That's the third act. And most people don't want to watch that. Mm -hmm. So like this game has that problem and it left a really bad taste in my mouth. I've really wanted to like this more, but oof. I, I was think gonna it's... say like you seemed really positive up until you finished it, and then like thing you said to me, like what the fuck? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like as soon as I finished it, I talked to Devin, and I was like, "What the fuck was this? I have some thoughts." So, um, a little bit of this behind the scenes, like we did a recording <laughs> of this before, and I yeah. got to the ground floor, and maybe we'll put this up at like as an extra or something, but. 
my first impression of it was, oh, this is a good game. I kind of yeah. like it. And I was much more positive about it. But that third act left such a bad taste in my mouth that I could not help but want to record, re-record this entire session just so I could get that off my chest. Yeah, and I wasn't as hard on it as I could have been because I was like, oh, wait, but Chandler hasn't finished it. Maybe I shouldn't talk about that thing too much. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that was... First of all, lessons learned. Finish the game before we talk about it. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, we we really do have different impressions of this when you bring that last part of the game in. And yeah. I feel like most of the positive reviews at the time were so positive because the reviewers didn't get to the last part. They didn't get that far. Yeah. Like, I know being a video game... Uh, reviewer you don't have much time to get the get the game through so you can write your review on it but yeah yeah like when they has a third act surprise that yeah here's your um here's your um delicious meal oh and uh here's your dessert that's actually just a shit sandwich (laughs) (laughs) that's what this game effectively did and it fell apart because of that all of the beautiful Mm -hmm. artwork all of the fun voice acting this i'll even give it the same ish puzzles fall apart because of that third act mm-hmm. and i know i'm being like super harsh on this but it needs to be said like it is a game worth playing but just know that third act is going to smack you across the face like an unwelcome fart yeah yeah like you're just like oh god what was that i was having such a good date too (laughs) (laughs) and after those last couple puzzles you're like oh thank god it's over yeah like you never want to feel like that when playing a game yeah end it on at least a mediocre note not this oh god here's a shit sandwich i guess i have to eat it to be done with it Ugh. sorry that's my thoughts on it what are your (laughs) thoughts Seven. uh well i mean I, I i share a lot of your th- on it i the third act just i mean by the time i by the time i got killed by the monster in the hole i was like okay i just would really like to be done now like this feels <laughs> like third act syndrome and it's gonna be bad and oh. boy i was not disappointed and i like just staggered around like ugh, yeah in the android thing trying to figure out what to do and ended up needing a walkthrough like i don't know what i'm supposed to what why am i here what is all of this stuff like i'm trying to like piece it together in my mind as part of the story and i had already like at the very beginning of the game i basically called what the end was going to be that overman was his father and that overman was plucked uh plugged into link um I mean, Overman, that Overman was his father, that was was Robert Foster's father. Like, I figured that at the very beginning. And then once you hear about uh, Link and Overman's connection to Link, then I was like, oh, well, it's his dad and his dad is plugged into it. I was like, okay, cool. I can't wait to get to that part and see how this works out as a sci-fi story. And we end up with, like, this espionage story that, like, comes out of nowhere and then, like almost a second later goes nowhere. <laughs> like, like why even like, include oh. it? Why yeah. Include I'm it? like, wait. So like, cause yeah, you hear from Anita that she used to, she got in trouble for hacking and that's why they revoked all of her, her privileges as a citizen. And that she's basically a slave 
now. Like, you know, you hear that and you're like, okay, is that just throwaway or is that something? And it's it's something, but you don't get that something until so much later it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and, like that something would have been yeah. interesting to make into the Android subplot. Yeah, exactly. Like, it felt like that was what it was be, but it was just like, oh, here's an Android yeah, and that whole last section, and then by the time, like I said earlier, like, when you walk into the Link Hub and you see that scene, it's like, this is really cool. But I had this, like, thought, like, this is really cool, but I don't feel like anything that's going to happen in the next minute is going to matter to, like, what's... And it didn't. It yeah. didn't. It's just like, and now it's over, and... I did like uh, that wrench that you get at the very beginning of the game. You give it back to the guy you took it from at the very end of the game. Um, which is quite nice. Yeah, I, I I quite enjoyed that. That was a nice little bow on the end of the game, but it was sort of like a really crappily wrapped present. The bow's fine, and it's like, uh, like half of the box is like you know you have a box and like half of it's crushed, but you wrap it anyway. Yeah, and the, and then you put a bow on it. You put like, a really nice bow on it, and yeah, it's exactly. like you wrapped it in like <laughs> McDonald's uh, hamburger wrappers. Yeah. That, yeah, it's just, like, yeah, that third act, and like I alluded to before, like, I go into games thinking that the third act is going to be weak in some way. I'm just used to seeing that, but I'm, you know, it's, I'd like to say it's unusual for it to be, be such a hard transition, and then for me to be confused and, like, what is the story? What oh. matters? Like, why was I doing everything up until this point? Now I'm doing things that don't matter. Why do I need to freeze this piece of meat? Yeah. Walk through why are you telling me to do this? Like, and I'm wandering around trying to find the clue that tells me how to do that. And I can't like that. I'm supposed to do that. And I can't, I just couldn't. Yeah. Like if there is a clue, please let me know because I completely missed it, but I don't think it exists. No, there's no, Uh, there was no way to know what to do. And uh, it's just, yeah. And, and through, I'm going to back up a little bit to earlier in the game as well. Like the game as a whole, like it, it is a product of its time. So playing it, you're going to run into a lot of casual sexism, casual, you know, casual transphobia is in there as well. And um, that was actually one of the funny moments when you were doing a pl- uh, let's play of it. And you're like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, st- I streamed a little on Twitch and what was the, uh, it has more buttons on it than in a maternity dress. And I was like, it- you me yeah like <laughs> what was that like that was an uh, off-color uh, joke and yeah it uh, probably was more acceptable in the 90s well it uh, maybe uh, wouldn't have been like i don't know if it was more acceptable just maybe you wouldn't have batted an eye at it in the 90s you know like it would have been more status quo i guess like oh it's a bro joke yeah you know like whatever and i just like, there were a lot of jokes like just casual sex is a casual transphobia and i was like ooh, ooh, that's ooh, i don't ooh, that's rough yeah it doesn't make me feel good at all and um and just little things like that which again is one of those hazards for playing an older game that of its time the other thing i also kind of mentioned a little bit earlier was you know the the gestapo looking security soldiers that show up in the very beginning, in the opening cinematic, they are drawn to look like Nazi stormtroopers. Like, <laughs> and the security symbol looks like half of. Them. So, you know, it's the 
the reference is there. And then as they leave, they take Robert Foster in custody and they leave and then they nuke basically well, it's not a nuke, but I mean they you know, blow up his village. Blow up all of the, you know, native aborigines. There may have been other people there, but the main leader chieftain of this tribe definitely coded as an aborigine. And yeah. uh yeah, and and they just just you know white dudes blowing up. And again, like you also said, like this seems very a British thing to do, and it absolutely is. But it's done in such a way that it's not. It, maybe the artist was pointing it out, but I, the way that the story is told, the way it's it's shown, is sort of like, yeah, we're not saying this to point out the fact that Britain has a history of doing this, you know, sort of thing, or you know, like these kinds of dangerous ideologies and whatever like it's not like that at all it's it, just like oh this, they're not like we're important we're just gonna blow them up yeah it's it's just a thing yeah and, and they play it straight which yep and and robert foster is really like not that tore up about it on the whole and i feel like uh and that's part of the tone problem think that the game has that like you know he plays you know he's sort of the straight man whole yeah. in the whole thing you know everything's really jokey but yeah. it's like you have like maybe two lines of dialogue about how horrible it is that everybody was killed like his whole like as far as he's concerned his whole family because yeah. his mother died in the helicopter crash and he was apparently very very young so you know that was his whole family he didn't even remember having a father and then his father figure was just categorically exterminated in front of him yeah. uh, you know and his whole family and it's like ah that okay and that's never gonna come up again all right 90s game yeah it, it's definitely very comfortably in the 90s with the oh the world can't actually touch america yeah satisfied in their own superiority kind of thing like yeah the, the hero is never really going to be affected by anything yeah. The hero always wins. Like the hero never actually experiences loss. The hero experiences lost. It. I mean, if the if the hero experiences loss, it's not like that big of a deal. That's how heroes are. Or yeah. Something. Nothing's gonna touch this stoic hero. That's mm -hmm. also a wisecracking true lie. Or yeah, true lies. Well, I'll just go with that. A true lies <laughs> style Schwarzenegger character. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it is definitely a product of his time. But yeah. that being said. Even in its time, it could have had a better third act. It, yeah, it, absolutely. Well, it could have, like, dealt with these issues and not, you know, like, I mean, that story issue. I mean, one would hope that it would be able to, like, you know, not make sexist jokes, but that yeah, was, what are you going to do? That was a little bit too it, much for it to thing. ask. It still happens today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but story-wise, like, I mean, like, this whole fact that his whole basic family his his network is destroyed in one moment like you can still work that into his character in the story as it stands like you just you know you can do that like it's possible even then like there were good movies that came out of the 90s right yeah absolutely <laughs> in the early 90s i mean come on jurassic park yeah like so, it's doable it's doable but they you know just didn't go that route and it, and I don't know, like, uh, it maybe it's something to explore philosophically speaking, because I don't know that there's an answer to this. I don't know that this is something that, you know, can be answered, especially about things in the past, like games from the past. But it's almost like sometimes 
for this era, and sometimes now too, but I, I think a lot about, you know, games from the 90s. But it seems like, you know, you have these big ideas that could go into a movie. Like that whole opening thing, like it's a comic book. I mean, this is perfect for comic books, the opening of this game. Yeah. Uh, you know, it could also easily translate to film. You know, you could write a book that has this story. But when you translate some of these big ideas, these big plot things, you know, you have this young kid, you know, he doesn't die in the helicopter crash. His mother dies. Uh, it seems like they were escaping something, but he doesn't know anything because he's so young. He's taken in by these tribes people on in the middle of nowhere. They live off of garbage from the cities that are basically big capitalist machines like these multi-cellular capitalist machines and there he is and then all of a sudden the bad guys show up and they want him and they're calling him by a name and he doesn't know it and they shoot up everyone and they kill everyone and they take him away and then he has a chance to escape etc cetera, etc cetera. like this is a good setup for this kind of thing that you can do in other things but it's almost like when you, you when you translate that to a game it's almost like somewhere someone said nobody's going to take this seriously yeah we, we need to play it for laughs yeah we you need know, to so aloe the shit out of this Exactly. It's like we can't actually like have our main character talk about the fact that his father, for all intents and family, were straight up by Nazi. Like, we can't talk about that. Let's just pretend that that didn't happen. Like, the player's going to be fine. They're not going to be paying attention. And yeah. we are paying attention. I, you know, and, and I'm one of those people that do pay attention to stories and games. For some people, it matters a lot and that's okay I, I don't judge it everybody plays differently but i really pay attention to story story and so it's one of those things where it's just like wow we just we're gonna do all of that and then just not touch it ever again and pretend like like you know when he brings back joey you could have had a moment there where he's like oh my god i can't i'm so glad that you're here joe and joey can be sarcastic as shit right like yeah. he can continue to be his own snarky self, but you can still have Robert Foster ex like expressing the fact that, oh, I'm so glad at least one person I care about wasn't destroyed, and that I'm not alone and in this world. Yeah. Instead of cracking jokes like, oh, it, uh, just be happy you have a body now, Joey. Yeah. yeah. It's like, go do this thing, Joey. OK. And Joey's like, no. And it's like, well, you just do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, uh... I don't know. And and maybe that's just the way that games at that time, games in general, built. I don't know. I write prose. I write fiction stories. So that's a different process, maybe. But I don't know. I think about this a lot. I think about this with other games. I'm trying to... Oh, my God. I'm going to lose it. God. No. <laughs> I had an example of another game, and it's gone. Oh, well. Uh, that's okay, but I'm also thinking about like as far as like games of this type, i.e., point adventures, dealing with serious topics and still being a good, engaging game. I mean, Wajidai has done a lot of games that have more serious story, like you know, serious story to them and serious you know, kind of thing. So you can't. It's not like the genre of point and click. Like you have to be jokey. Like you can obviously tell many, many different types of stories in that framework. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and uh, again, I'm like, I'm just, I'm just fucked if I can think of what other 90s game I was thinking of. Oh, there it's, were a lot. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of, like going back to it being a product of its time, I think the assumption for every game was, oh, this has to be fun and funny. Not yeah. we want to tell a story or, yeah. you know, like, post 9-11 oh we have to be super gritty and dark and 
sure super grim grim uh and gritty and yeah i'm thinking gears of war yeah like, straight up <laughs> gears of war like it's coming to me it's coming to me gears of <laughs> yeah yeah uh and maybe you know because with beneath the steel sky like there's obviously a very detailed story there there's a complex world somebody on the team wanted to tell the story but for whatever reason they let al low control else, like else everything else said, no games are fun yeah. games are fun they need to be fun people need to laugh nobody wants to play a serious game like this they'll read it in a comic book so it needs to be fun so you're not going to get to tell that story that you tell which is a shame because this game really needed to be played straight yeah it was so interesting just the world and like you really could have done like even with how wacky people are in the city like you could easily tie that in with the fact that link is running the city it's a computer and it's plugged into an old man who's probably becoming a little bit senile you know it, it's it's telling people what to do and if you really had the time for that android but if you wanted to say that most of these people are actually androids and not real human beings anymore like that's even more because they're plugged into link so they have the same weird senility problem linked like you know there's you could have gone a lot of interesting places but at that time it wasn't a place you could go i guess i i not think very it, awful. i think it's because games were so early in the mainstream that it was like oh well yeah. we have to find something something to really yeah. catch people with and yeah they That's leaned sort of... heavily on the artwork and the voice acting mm. and that works but mm. something got lost in translation because of that yeah I, I yeah and i think i think you bring up a really good point there is that when we're we're, we're critiquing it and talking about you know in our different ways and different interests are but there's always that little bit of anachronism that we're looking at these stories from back then after well you know being now and yeah. not only having seen you know games become more mainstream and different types of stories and different types of games being able to be made or not depending on how things go but you know we're we're we're, we're, we're kind of subject to that anachronism that we're looking back at a time when, I mean, I, <laughs> how, was, how old was I in 94? Not old enough to play this game. Yeah. So I couldn't tell you what I would have thought of this in 94. So, gosh, you know, like Being seven, I? eight years old, that's, yeah. you wouldn't really get, experience this yeah, to its full extent. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, and, like. And if we ever do a playthrough of Police Quest 4, I will have some thoughts about that, too. Obviously, oh. I don't pull my punches on what I think of it, but right. yeah, I have some stories to tell about that in terms of my parents. Oh so yeah, yeah, and I and I didn't really play games much until much later. It was well, not much, much later. I got missed in '97. Yeah, that's three years. Yeah, so I mean, but I was a little, you know, I, I was 10, 10, 11. So you know, that was like my first real like ooh, besides like games that you played in school. You know, on the old Macintosh computers, uh, yeah. those like that could be fun in that. But yeah, so that's slightly different. But yeah, I didn't really play games for fun until then, and then not even all that much until you know ninety eight, ninety nine, and then into the two thousands. Uh, because by then I had a console. My brother was getting really into game, how stuff. Yeah, I didn't have a computer to play much at the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I had puzzle games earlier before I got missed. Well, around the time I got missed, 
and before um there were some puzzle games the the doctor brain games i don't know if you ever played those i didn't as a kid but i know a lot of people that did yeah i my dad got those for me it's actually kind of funny that my dad like as far as like games and comic books it was my dad that like started me on those really (laughs) that is pretty funny in like the weirdest way possible the doctor brain games and mist and then as far as comic books are concerned he got me the um the first cycle of the ring of the the ring of the nibelung comic illustrated by uh oh no oh i forgot ah oh, shit i yeah it was by dark horse which is pretty who is p craig russell there we go uh wrote wrote illustrated uh he did that so that was that was my first introduction to comic and then a little bit later on my dad got me the first issue of sandman and then i was like i was done (laughs) that was it comics are off um (laughs) that's an aside sorry oh that's fine like it kind of goes anachronistic thing yeah like we weren't really old enough to really understand what we look we're looking at if Mm. we were to play it in its time but Looking back at it now, it does hold up a bit. Mm. Like it's still very pretty. That mm-hmm. that it does. They that was money well spent on doing all of the environments and all of the character animation, and I would say even the voice acting. All of that mm. was very fun, and it holds up. The comic yeah. looks beautiful at the beginning. Holy crap! It's really it's really good, and the editing editing it together with the sound. It's just, yeah, it's masterful, it's high quality. But the story itself and the last puzzle really drag it down for me. Yeah, that's what doesn't hold up. And uh-huh. I feel if somebody were to tell this story again using this as a template, they could make make yeah. it much more interesting. Yeah. But that being said, um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So take yeah. that as you will. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, you know, everyone's mileage kind of varies and bother them. Even how far they get in the game, like, you know, maybe maybe there's not enough of interest for people, you know, the people that we told to go play the game at the beginning of the episode. Surprise! <laughs> maybe maybe they started it because, okay, it's free, I'll just download it, no problem. And then they got, like, you know, 20 minutes in, we're like, oh, hell no, I'm just going to go finish the rest of the episode. Right. I had enough of this. They, they come back um, and listen to my rage-filled rant about how the end of it. Yeah. Yep, and they're like, "Oh, good, save me a couple hours." Yeah. I'm two hours ahead in life now. Yeah. Like, to, okay. To be perfectly fair, I enjoyed myself playing this game up until the third act. So, yeah. if you are okay with not ending a game once you hit yeah. the subway, that's a good spot to stop. Yeah. Just, just quit it. Just know that Overman's your dad. You've probably figured that out by now. You've probably figured out these plugged into Link, and you've probably figured out that you're gonna have to get him out. So you do that. You, you win. Game over. It's fine. <laughs> you don't need to see it. Yeah. As long as you're okay with that, I mean, more power to you. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah, it was one of those like, playing it where I was really into it, and then you you, you just hit that wall, and it's like, oh boy. Ah, but I, we're going to talk about this on a podcast, so I need to finish it. Right? Yes. Oh man, that it was... was it. Was one of those that I might, in, you know, I might not have finished it. Otherwise, I'd yeah. Have been like, eh, eh, I'll go watch the end on YouTube or something. Yeah, and for what it is, it's fine. 
Like that yeah. that last third act is yes, incredibly weak and I've seen other games that fall apart even harder than this one. But overall as an adventure game, I think the mechanics were pretty solid and the puzzles by and yeah. large were far more intuitive than even puzzles that I've seen in adventure games today. Yeah. So I mean, it it got that yeah. going. And as far as the first two acts go, like they're like hints and signposting like about I would say between 80 and 90% of the time is really good. Like you, you kind of figure out like there was uh, the freaking like buttons that you have to loosen with the wrench first. That one I didn't get like uh, that turned into a, well on the stream, I went and looked it up in the walkthrough, but brute forcing it by going through your inventory, trying to figure out what you're supposed to do. That one was signposted. very. Yeah. It's just, you know, the buttons jammed, but you're like, okay, I don't understand how I'm supposed to fix the jammed button. Yeah, maybe um, that WD forty. Oh wait, I yeah, can't I know get that WD forty. I could leave with, um, but most everything else was signposted like well, like you know, you you get what you need to do, and maybe you just need to figure out the of operations, but you can figure it out. The other one, funnily enough, was the freaking shed door. <laughs> Using the the key card on the shed door because it's the analog lock. Oh, yeah. You could just jimmy open. Yeah. I was like, I'm thinking like crowbar, wrench, you know, like break the lock, something. But no, just use your key card. That was kind of funny. Like, yeah. If you've never jimmied a lock with a credit card, that is a foreign idea. But that was yeah. something that It's very does 90s. Happen. It's yeah, like it's very, very 80s and 90s. And I just wasn't in that mindset where I was thinking, oh, this was in the 90s. What would a 90s action hero get this door open? Yeah, we just jimmy the lock. And to be fair, it works really well in narrative. Like, Mm -hmm. what would you do? Well, I guess we're at the I'm jamming everything into this to see if I can get it. Why would a key card work? Oh, even that puzzle made sense. Yeah. Why am I carrying this cat video? Oh, there's a dog. Okay, I'm probably going to have to play the cat video. Yeah. You like, know, little things like that. And those details are fine. Like, they make sense in world, and it's not overwhelming, but... Yeah. Yeah. Those last... That subway yeah. beyond. Oof. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's it's unfortunate that it just it went downhill so fast. Yeah. But... I, I do think at least those first two, the first part up until then is definitely worth experiencing. You know, if you're interested in point and click games or like interesting narratives or like cyberpunky dystopian type thing. Yeah. Um, like for it, all of the little issues it has, you know, story wise. It's still product, a fun walkthrough. It's still fun. It's, it's yeah. still, it's really interesting to see like how you know, like the dude Lamb with his beaver coat, last ten beavers in the like sort of ecological Oh yeah <laughs> in the future. Don't yeah. forget everything's dead because humans suck, you know? It's like Yeah, it still has it's, it's really creative. Yeah, it has that. And I would still give a soft recommend to it because mm-hmm. of how interesting the first two thirds of the game are. If you like having some really British humor, and I'm going to say it like it has really British humor, it it gives you that in spades. It's great in that. 
But then yeah, the the third act, you just have to go in knowing, yeah, this has third act syndrome. Yeah. And it has its something horrible. So, yeah. Anyway, that's pretty much all I have to say about uh, Beneath the Steel Sky. How about you? Um, Yeah, I think we've kind of covered everything I had. And again, I probably will post the first impressions of the uh, game, even though we didn't finish it. Or even though I didn't finish it. Um, so <laughs> Speak you can, for yourself. <laughs> yeah, you were sitting there like, oh my god, he hasn't finished it yet. Oh, I should hold back. No, you should have just like called me out on that, seriously. Oh, but I will probably post it. I'm too the... nice, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but t- seriously, next time I didn't finish it, just call me out on it. Okay. Save us the, the need to repost and re-record. Yeah. <laughs> probably a good idea to ch- touch base like a couple days before recording like hey is everyone going to be able to finish the game because if no we need another plan yeah and i honestly think that this is gonna be something we do more and more often just because i do enjoy doing a deep dive on a single yeah. game and it's uh, and it's a good way to see what works what doesn't and then you can also look at things like across time like you know how like this game is from 94 there are games from earlier than their game late 90s early 2000s contemporaneously today i almost said 2020 it's not even 2020 yet but uh. (laughs) it's gonna happen it's coming soon yeah but it's interesting to look at them and that's why i kind of want to take it in this direction a little bit more yeah and we can always throw in more theory (laughs) and practice later as we want yeah yeah and and uh anybody listening if you have adventure games that you especially like or especially hate and you'd like to hear us talk about them, drop yeah. us a line yeah, uh, like, so that we can, we hit can us take up them on Twitter. advisement. Yeah, hit us up on yeah, Twitter, us up Twitter, on Twitter and be like, yo, dog, why aren't you talking about uh, King's Quest more? <laughs> like, I don't know why you'd be saying that to me, but... I, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why you would want us to talk about King's Quest. I took a mint yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. old lamps for new yeah old lamps for new we're we're happy to talk about pretty much any adventure game or games in general Um, oh yeah so yeah just drop us a line uh where can they find you uh you y'all can find me on twitter instagram uh and twitch lady marowiff oh look at you being all all uh brand appropriate just I consistent know. across all <laughs> I, i'm just giving you a hard time uh, I, you know i i'm gonna be really proud about my consistency here because like you know this is like ages in the making <laughs> like this right? is like like you know late aughts in the making of like trying to find the right handle right identity and the right things and then using that consistently and not just doing something new every time a new shiny toy comes out (laughs) right yeah there's a lot to be said about that um and where can they find you oh okay perfect segue um you can find me on twitter as jc siron s-i-r-r-o-n i usually do that around ludum dares where i'm ranting about how a damn coconut won't move to the right side of the screen or other programmer nonsense (laughs) so yeah if you're into bad programming humor definitely uh look at some of the things i say yeah get wrecked 
that's really <laughs> stupid but it makes me laugh every time i have to I type that it. in i don't think it's stupid but uh, i don't know i'm not a perp but i'm also easily amused <laughs> fair enough <laughs> okay well i think that's it for us again we're the adventure mechanics and i'm chandler and i'm Devin. and we will talk to you next time bye